Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always is my co-host, colleague, and friend, Chris Marler. Chris, how was the weekend this this weekend? Better oh, Tyler, we have an there. announcement. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. we are um, we are officially a UGA podcast. We're officially a UGA podcast. We are. <laughs> wow, that, that's a turn of events that I didn't see coming. You kind of saw it coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are officially a UGA podcast. I mean that in the most fun possible way for me. Um, Nothing to do with actually covering all Georgia football, especially after their uh, own fan base once again tried to cannibalize itself um, with just idiocy all weekend long. But yes, we are officially a UGA podcast. Go dogs! What a great time to join the bandwagon, huh? Uh, you know what? That's not you know I don't, I don't want to comment on that part. It's my least favorite <laughs> team still. I flipped out last night watching that um, national championship game because yet another leg injury. Uh, factored into a championship game setting. I'm over it. I'm not bitter. Everything's fine. Um, I, I feel like you might be just as tad. No, I'm not over it at all. Yeah, it's, that's fair. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, but yeah, anyway, all good things. I uh, had a fantastic weekend. Um, met a bunch of new people. This girl I've been dating, so that's been fun. And that's about it. So you got sick. You had a tough weekend. Um, I will say that it started out a great weekend. Won a lot of money birthday? on UNC. You had him what did you have him on? Like plus four? I had him plus four and what was it against Duke? I think they were also plus four or minus four. I can't remember either way. It was nice. Um, okay, hold on, hold on. So <laughs> that was better than my birthday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we gotta talk about your birthday for sure. Um, I meant to tell you this on Saturday when it happened, but you remember the TV show I was on in this in the fall, right? Yes. Right. Okay. So we have uh, like a handicapper on there, whatever you want to call him. Uh, his name is Jeffrey The Edge. Schechter. I don't think we Maybe? can talk like that anymore these days. What do you mean? A oh, handicapper? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so so he was really good at football, like picks, like NFL picks, especially this year, all season long. I think he was at like a 73% clip. It was stupid. Um, did a great job. Just did a great job. Uh, we get like a text from him, like from, um, I guess like our producer or owner of the show whatever the other day, and he's like talking about trying to set up stuff for next year, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I get a response from Jeffrey. And I was like, hey, tell me who wants us to be taken tonight. Let me know, you know, before the game. And he calls me afterwards and it says, Schechter Jeffrey. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he goes, hey, Chris, it's the edge. And I quote. <laughs> and I was like, hey, what's up, man? Nice. He goes, listen. Take Nova, take Duke. And I was like, what? good. <laughs> so the edge um, just doesn't quite have the uh, edge these days. It was not great. Know. I'll say it. It was not great. <laughs> it was not my favorite. So um, anyway, yeah, that was that was that. But yeah, how was the birthday? Birthday was good, man. 36. I feel like I, I mean, 36 seems so much closer to 40 than uh, than it's 35 horrible, does. Yeah, you're so, gonna die soon for sure. That's what it feels like some days. Uh, so that's what it felt, felt like yesterday, actually. Woke up, I got either food poisoning or stomach virus or something uh, Sunday night. And so that was an awful 24 hours, but I'm back in action. That's why we're a little delayed this week. I mm-hmm. uh, appreciate everybody being patient. But as I was trying to get some sleep last night, I had to have the game on. Um, and man, 
I almost turned it off at halftime because Kansas looked awful. I actually had them in the bracket. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the SDS pod bracket, or whatever that was up this this year. I came in second. Did you really? Yeah, me and one other guy, but he had Kansas as well. Um, okay. But uh, so that felt good with that. But um, UNC, you know, being up uh, four and a half point underdog, being up by 15 at the break, feeling pretty strong about the bet. Could care less either way who won. I mean, the bracket was for free, so it's not like I was winning money or anything. And right. I was like, yeah, it'd be nice to win the bet. And I was like, you know what? 15 points isn't a ton. I mean, especially in the NBA, it's not a ton. I think in college and especially, and I think what makes it such a good comeback is the fact that Kansas scored 25 points in the first half and and couldn't hit the broadside of the barn for like the last 10 minutes of the half. Yeah, all that's accurate. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I just tune in for the second half, see if anything changes, and Kansas looked like a totally different team. As soon as they got that alley-oop to start, I was like, oh, God. And you know what sucked, too, is I, I took Kansas, and Vegas is so fucking good, as always. The line was four. They end up winning by, what was it? Three. Um, by three, right. And so... And I was really nervous because once UNC threw out of bounds at the end, Kansas was up three with the ball, and I, yeah. ran out of bounds. <laughs> Well, then, so then also, yeah, I was like, surely they're going to foul and they're going to either cover the spread. And then, my God, yeah, it, it was. So I hate Kansas. I just hate Kansas in general. Um, you know, my buddy Jeff I always talk about, big Mizzou guy. That is a very heated rivalry. Those two teams and programs hate each other. And Kansas is just one of those programs that, for whatever reason, has always gotten, it seems like, like, all the calls like they've won, they've won. And I, I know we say that a lot, like in jest, but it really seems accurate when you bring them up, like, and they've won like the last, I don't know, 87 straight big 12 championship uh, or big 12 tournaments. Um, it's where basketball was literally invented. They have like the rules and all that kind of stuff because of Naismith being their first coach. Uh, also fun fact, there's a lot of fun. Um, what do you call it? Uh, alumni from there. I had no idea about. Interesting. So Paul Rudd. Paul to name Rudd one, went to Kansas. He went to Kansas. Rob Riggle was on there, which I knew, but Paul Rudd went to Kansas. Um, it was anyway. It was it was uh, it was funny too because he was obviously an Ant Man, and then the producer director of Ant Man went to UNC. Fun fact for Ooh, all of us. Don't remember yeah. his name, um, but yeah. So anyway, and the and the people who found vitamin A and D. None of this is important. We'll move on. But yeah, I, I just hate Kansas, and so for them, like coming back, I was like, I mean, like. I bet the money line on them to win like well before the game had like a hundred bucks on it. So I was like, whatever. Sure. Great. Like I'm happy for it, but I want it. Like it wasn't even worth the live bet. Did you even look at that? When they were down like 15 at halftime, it was, it was plus three twenty. Hmm. You think it'd be more than that? Yeah. So biggest well, comeback you know, and largest was, deficit. UNC was, they looked extremely tired in the second half and like yeah. half their guys were injured um yeah. when baycott was hobbling around in the second half especially there towards the very very end i was like man that dude's a monster by the way mm-hmm. um, but yeah 31 10 run coming out of the half for kansas um so the jayhawks take it but old daddy t huck gets the bet done unc uh, plus four was sweating old daddy t huck Daddy T. Huck. 
Um, <laughs> maybe we should it get was, something different next time. It was the largest um, deficit, by the way, overcome in a championship game in the history of the uh, – or, or no, the, well, yeah, because they were down by 16 at one point. I think the previous largest was 15 or 13 by Loyola, um, Chicago in like 1963 um, when my therapist played for him, no big deal. And then, um, yeah. And so then they said also it was the largest halftime deficit because previously it was Kentucky down 10, I want to say, against Arizona, maybe in 96. So um, like a historical win, historical for a, a lot of other reasons too, because as the, the clock's like winding down, I'm like, these motherfuckers are going to win a national championship while under FBI slash NCAA investigation. And they are, it's been a thousand days since that's happened. And keep in mind that like, just to show you how the, the shit show parade of what is the, the NCAA. They're like, there's, may, there may not be a better example or representation of it than last night. Because like the NCAA itself are the ones that said there are five level one violations and they're egregious. Um, and I forgot the other word they used, but it is a Dan Wetzel article. Like he painted a great picture of it. But these egregious um, recruiting violations, Will Wade is like, you know, Sean Miller, same, same type of thing. They were like on like FBI wiretaps. Both those guys are gone from their programs. Bill Self has like a lifetime contract instead. And then Mark Emmert, who again is with the NCAA, has to hand him the trophy to present for that sport that they have been found cheating in. It was wild, man. And then he also Fantastic. said it wrong. He, he pronounced it, uh, he, congratulations, Kansas City Jayhawks. Solid. That guy makes like $2 million a year. Yeah, I like motherfucked him on uh, Twitter last night, and then I apparently tagged just to some poor, innocent, uh, like, like <laughs> journalist out of Iowa or something. Yeah, it's like, like sorry. <laughs> Uh, so Kansas takes it. Um, I guess not altogether that shocking. They were a one seed. Um, yeah. CBS came out with an article today. Way too early. Top 25. SEC is definitely represented here a ton. Um, I know you pulled one from 247, but um, UNC, they've got back up there in the top five. But then you got Kentucky at three, Arkansas at six, and Tennessee at 10. Mm-hmm. So you got three SEC teams in the top 10. Followed up by Auburn at 13, Texas A&M at 17, and Bama at 22. So, Which one's that I feel like it's going to be a pretty stock league um, Yeah, it should be pretty. I mean, ESPN has – ESPN and 247 both had Arkansas number one, which I thought was really cool because they lose That's J.D. Awesome. Notate to the draft, but they also bring in three McDonald's All-Americans. Um, Eric Musman had a pretty funny video. It was like after, you know, obviously they lost in, in like the – in the tournament, but he has like three egg McMuffins like on his desk. And it's like, let's eat. Cause they, they got the three all Americans. Um, Arkansas won. And that's like you said, that this is on ESPN, Kentucky was seven, Tennessee, Bama and Auburn are 14 through 16. And then A&M was even mentioned as like, and then, you know, right outside that. So. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great league. Obviously there's still some um, announcements to come as far as people going pro. So some of these projections will obviously change. There will be transfers in, transfers out. I think the basketball portal might be even more insane than the football portal. Yeah. Did you see what LSU, what happened to LSU? <laughs> they lost like every single player they have. <laughs> they literally lost every player they had. They don't have a scholarship player on on their roster. Like, they, like we, we made a post about it and I was like, that can't be right. It was 11 total players. 
That's insane. It's not good. No, no, it's not good. So new coach has got a lot um, cut out for him. But again, you know, and I saw their like top recruit also decommitted. Um, but again, you know, nothing saying that that guy can't just bring in 11 transfers and form a whole new team. I mean, it's just such yeah. a weird dynamic these days. It's insane. But um, we're not a basketball podcast. We don't want to spend a lot of time on basketball. No. Things are heating we, up on the football field. We do want to say one thing it. real quick, though, before we get into the football thing. Congratulations to South Carolina. That's right. Women's basketball won a national championship. It's the second time in three or five years. I can't remember. Or three, I'm sorry. Second one in five or six years. Um, pretty much call that a dynasty, I guess, if you want. Uh, they knocked off um, UConn to do it, which was great. Now, as bad as I was betting on uh, the actual men's tournament, I did nail this one, so I was pretty pumped about that. No big deal. I, I, I just I crushed the women's tournament. Um, Good for you. So, but yeah, uh, what's that? Some hidden gems in those lines. It's just the ones. You just bet on whoever the favorite is every single time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, South Carolina, and, and they actually, it was cool to see that the university and the student body, like, celebrate it. Because I know a lot of times it's kind of goes – you know, overlooked or unnoticed with like women's sports, which it's ridiculous. Also, you know that that the conferences, I didn't know this until yesterday, the conferences of each for UConn and for um, South Carolina get nothing from that championship. You're not incentivizing like women's athletics at all at, at the, like if you're, you know, at the incentive level, like That's they strange. get nothing. So who, I guess like Kansas, they got $10 million minimum for, for the big 12 last night. A failing conference that'll be gone in what a year and a half to three years, right? If we're lucky, so yeah. Um, wow, yeah, I didn't know that. That's tough. Um, well, no easy segue there. <laughs> anyway, back to men's, back to men's sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, but no, football is heating up. You know, we've got a couple spring games this weekend. Look, we're not going to deep dive into the spring rosters. In fact, in my opinion, I think you'll see the transfer portal have a, a massive round two after spring games are over. So Without a doubt. you don't want to read too much into these, but there are a couple this weekend that we want to talk about. Um, first one's at Auburn, uh, A-Day, this Saturday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, I think the biggest thing I'm looking at here is... I'm pretty sure Calzada is 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 in a non-contact jersey, so I don't even think he's really factoring into the spring game. He's hurt. I haven't seen any update on what that's going to be, um, like or what he's going to do in that game. There's no reason to play him because he's going to be injured. But they they've said recently uh, since he's been injured that Finley's been taking more of the reps at at quarterback than than anyone else, and that's like not what they necessarily wanted to do because they wanted to get everyone uh, maybe some more equal reps. I think a lot of people, if you look at that, are most people are projecting that that Calzada is going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that TJ Finley gave you much to be inspired by last year. Uh, so if anything, you at least want to see what Calzada would give you in the spring mm -hmm. game. Um, one thing I totally missed, uh, Oregon transfer Robbie Ashford. I knew he was from Hoover. I remember him coming out of high school, but um, he transferred into Auburn. So him and Bo Nix basically switched places. Um, are they both going to be backups? Uh, likely, yes. Um, yeah. 
So it'll be between, in this game at least, probably, Finley, Ashford, and then the freshman, the true freshman early enrollee, Holden Gariner. Uh, great first name, by the way. It's my son's first name, Holden. So. Fantastic. Um, I'm just interested to see what happens to Auburn this year because, lest we forget, about three months ago, my man was in the middle of a coup by the boosters to get hit, rid of him after year one. Yeah. And they've lost their last five straight games they played, including in their mm-hmm. bowl game to Houston. Blue lead, how many of them? They had some massive leads, like in the Mississippi State game. You lose both your coordinators. You bring two new coordinators in that are both from Boise State that have little to no ties in the Southeast. You've got former players, Smoke Monday, Lee Hunter, coming out very critical of Harson. Mm-hmm. And next year they start. Two of their first four conference games are at Georgia and against Ole Miss, who's improving, and and we'll talk about the portal here in a little bit, but got some massive additions in the portal. You also host Penn State in week three. You've got Texas A&M in November and, of course, Alabama there at the end. I I don't see how Harson makes it unless something drastically improves with the offense. And honestly, I mean, does any of the, do the, any of the QBs inspire a lot of confidence that they're going to be just an elite offense or something that Auburn fans are going to be looking forward to for years to come. I don't even know who they're playing at receiver right now. Right. They lost. I think they lost two of their top three receivers and two more hit the transfer portal. I mean, so yeah, they, they get kind of gutted on offense, but you have like maybe the best running back in the sec in the backfield with Jameer Gibbs. Not Jameer Gibbs. Not Jameer Gibbs. I'm sorry. Of yeah, Alabama. Okay. My bad. Um, with <laughs> with uh, my bad. With Tank Bigsby. So I, I wonder what that's going to look like in terms of because there's so much turnover from this team, especially after like what happened with with Harson, you know, going into the off season, like it, which seems like ages ago, but it's not. I don't see how. I think like the whole sky is falling thing because of like what happened and and how many people were upset with him and his like his first year. It's his first year. Right. You know what I mean, like, like, and I don't, I just feel like I think Harson's a very good coach. I don't know at quarterback. I mean, yeah, Calzada does not do much for me. I, I think Athlon came out with their rankings of like their, their top quarterbacks in the SEC or whatever. And it was, I want to say he was ranked 12th out of 14. So that, yeah, that does nothing for me. I, I agree with you on that, that front. But at the same time, when you talk about like, like, where is, where are you going to get like production? You have again, one of the best running backs in the country and, and possibly in the SEC. And I think, I think Harson probably has learned his lesson from last year. about that South Carolina game where you had, you know, like, what was it? Fourth and one, fourth and a half, a half a yard. And you end up going to play action pass with a backup quarterback at the time. Um, I don't see him doing that again. And, and I think, again, I think he's a really good coach. I wonder what the defense looks like. Cause I think Mason had a, he did a, a really good job. I mean, they gave up a lot of yards in the secondary, but I, but they were still a very talented unit. So how do they replace that? Um, but yeah, I mean, if you ask anyone close to the, the program, everyone seems pretty optimistic and it, it almost feels like a victory that he's still there. And I, I think that's Auburn fans partially trying to tell themselves and convince themselves that everything's okay. But I don't think he's going to be gone after this year. I, I think it would, it would have to take some sort of complete collapse, like at the end, you know, in November or right out of the gates, be horrible or whatever. But like, you know, I think that they were so that university got so embarrassed because of how national that whole thing was. 
I don't see them firing him after year two. It would have, it would have to be really, really bad. Okay. Maybe we'll wager on that before the season. I'm in for that. Um, Kentucky also has uh, a game this weekend. Mainly just interested to see. There's a lot they have to replace on offense. Um, you, you lose a couple of linemen, including um, Kennard. My boy, your boy, Wandell. Gone. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a very good receiver in the NFL, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be a good middle round pick. Um, they lose Josh Pascal. It's just, it's how do you rebound off of what I would consider? I know, I know at the end of the year wasn't maybe like the best, you know, in the Georgia game, obviously, but last year was a really good year for Kentucky. And how do you yeah. improve from that? Right. If you're stoops. And so you've got some key pieces to replace. I don't know. We're going to learn much from the spring game. You know, if I'm them, I don't give Levis too much run. You want him healthy. Um, what, anything in particular you're looking for from this game? So I think that, you know, this kind of, I remember like Doring said this, uh, Chris Doring said this last year when he came on the pod and he was talking about how like, or it might've been the year before even, um, all of the, no, it was, it was last year on this podcast when he was talking about how, you know, everyone keeps talking about how they like Florida has to replace all these different people and how are they going to do that? And how's, you know, Mullen going to do this and this? He's like, well, y'all didn't know who the players were before going into the last season. I mean, it wasn't like Kadarius Tony was a household name yet. It wasn't like, you know, not everyone knew who Pitts was. And you end up getting like these, you know, Kyle Trask putting up like a, a record season. And on top of that, you get um, two first rounders on the offense alone. I kind of feel that way about Kentucky and Stoops. No matter what happens. Especially it's on just, defense. Right. It's just rinse, repeat, and we're going to doubt them every single year. I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it, it seems like. Out, like besides people outside of outside of Lexington, but I think he's done such a great job consistently year over year in terms of like, like what he's able to been, what a, what he's been able to do in terms of like the talent he has and developing it on top of like bringing in more talent and like top tier talent, like what, the, what they're doing, like the offensive line has been consistently one of the best in the SEC. I thought it was great that they finally made a change at, at, at offensive coordinator last year. Now, obviously um, I'm almost, they, they lost, uh, Cohen, I believe, yeah, I right. He went to the Rams. Um, not mistaken. I know he was, I know he was set to, and then there was, uh, an issue with the contract. So I'm not, I, I'm assuming that's, that's what happened. I can't remember how it played out and all that kind of stuff. Sorry. Um, to Kentucky fans, but yeah, I mean, I, I think no matter what, we're going to doubt him. And I don't, I don't really know if that's the right move because I tell you what, I didn't realize this was happening. You get Levis back, right? at quarterback who at times was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Chris Rodriguez is back for his 13th year of eligibility at running back. How is and so I have no clue. I have no clue, but he is. Um, and so I, I, you know, and I'll tell you another thing with Kentucky, man, they, people don't give them credit just in general, but they have some of the best facilities in the conference at this point. And they're going to keep building and building off this thing. And I'll tell you what, another thing too, man, is there's a reason why, not in a rude way, but there's a reason why Stoops didn't leave for the Florida State job. That was very rude of you, actually. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> not a rude way, but like you look like shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that. Like, and again, I mean, no offense, right? Um, <laughs> I said with all due respect. Yeah. Uh, lastly, you got Texas A&M, the maroon and white game this weekend. Um, I think two things. I'm, well, really, three things I'm looking at uh, specifically all along the offense. 
you lose Isaiah Spiller. I, that's a tough role to lose. I mean, Shane's been a, a kind of a change of pace back. He's now your feature back. So I wonder what that looks like. Plus, who's going to back him up? You'd think it'd be LJ Johnson. Um, receiver room, they kick off the most talented guy in the room, but they did bring in two five stars as freshmen. I know freshmen don't typically play or play a lot in Jimbo's offense, so I don't know if we can expect them to make an impact. Um, but we'll see. Big thing is QB. You bring in Max Johnson from LSU in the offseason. Um, Haynes King was probably going to be the starter last year before he went down with injury, and you brought in a five-star in the offseason. Um, Jimbo claims he was, the, in his opinion, the top prospect last year, Connor Wegman. Um, I think all three have looked pretty good in um, scrimmages and from what it sounds like. Um, I, I would think that Max Johnson would be the presumed starter going in just given his experience. I mean, he's the only one that has any real experience in games. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, but I think like, and if you talk to any A&M fans, they will remind you a lot that they had a backup quarterback playing for the entire year um, from last season true. and make of that what you will. I mean, but I think that the other part that's interesting to me is first off, they had another five-star this weekend. Again, they got, a, oh, they got no. a fucking, yeah, he went to my, he went to my high school alma mater. He's and he's he was supposed to be in next year's class, and he reclassified. Right, he was the number one player in the in the class for yeah. like twenty like, three. Yeah, right. So, how does that defense look? Especially because you're still replacing one of the best defensive coordinators over the last like several years with with Elko. So, how does that look? But I tell you what, the other thing, our good friend Robert Barons, we'll have to get him on here. And and honestly, what we what we should do after all this is. Um, like after the games are actually played is kind of go through it and, and, and kind of do some recaps with people that are close to the situation. Cause I, every time I talked to, to Robert Barron's, we had him on last year. He gassed us up on A&M. He the dude knows his undefeated. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was all it, on board. So was I. So Robert Barron's left this little nugget on Twitter the other day. And I was arguing with Georgia fans. It's going to shock you. I know. Um, about their Where's strength of schedule. Now? You'll be doing that less. Um, I don't know about <laughs> that. She's great, but I don't know. Um, she's already told me we're not going to watch games together, so that's nice. Yeah, that's uh, nice. yeah. So I brought up a point about how you know, like they Georgia gets to dodge a lot of like the the good teams from the West this year. They play Mississippi State and Auburn, right? Um, I Robert sends me this message and he says. Fun fact, five of A&M's nine power five games come against teams with new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So over half their games against power five competition uh, have two new coordinators, right? Um, New coordinators at Auburn, Ole Miss, completely new staffs at Miami, Florida, and LSU. Now, I didn't know that A&M was playing Miami. I forgot they play Miami next year. Yeah. So anyway, um, I... I think that that's, that's also super interesting because uh, they did not get me, you know, any um, handouts with that, what do you call it, with that schedule. But we'll see how it goes. That's life in the SEC West, eh, brother? Hell yeah, brother. Every year. <laughs> Hell right. Hell right. Um, yeah, and outside of that, I mean, it's a it's a, a big weekend just in sports in general. We got the Masters. Mm-hmm. We got opening day. Real quick. Call your shot now. Who plays in the World Series and who wins the World Series? You think what? But they weren't even going to play the season like a week ago. You think I've been paying attention to this? 
I, I would be shocked if it wasn't the Dodgers just because yeah. of the um, hold on, dickhead. Why would you bring this up? Uh, I'll go ahead with my pick while you yeah, there you go. research something. Um, I think the Dodgers are, are, you know, it's the no brainer pick, but I do, you know what the Braves last year, I think people forget were were actually quite bad for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, they had some injuries, especially the Acuna injury. And, you know, they basically hit on every single person from the from the uh, trade deadline that absolutely carried the team down the stretch. Um, and I really don't think, I think at the end of the day, the Olsen trade will be a really good trade for the Braves, but I don't think you just lose Freddie Freeman and suddenly continue to just chug along and you're better than you were last year. Right. Um, that guy to me, I mean, he's won the MVP. He's a top 10 caliber player in the MLB. I don't think that Olsen's there yet. I think he could be, um, but I'll be, I just don't, I don't know. And then that bullpen had some magic late. I just don't think you can rely on that. So I will begrudgingly take the Dodgers and then I gotta, gotta go with the blue Jays, man. Like that's a pretty popular pick, but that lineup is stupid. I mean, what's crazy too is you've got all these kids of these pros from when we were growing up. So you got Bo Bichette, who's Dante Bichette's son, who's ridiculous. Looks nothing like up. him. You've got obviously Vladdy Jr., who is every Jesus bit Christ. as good of a hitter as his dad. Yeah. And then uh, you've got Kevin Biggio, who's Craig Biggio's son. Um, they've got some really good pitching. They picked up, um, oh, what's his face from the Twins? Um, Barrios, Jose Barrios, Barrios. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Blue Jays are going to be really good, and I think the Dodgers will probably win the World Series, unfortunately. It's a, so I, I just can't bring myself to picking the Dodgers for sure. Um, so what I will say is I, I, I love the, that Blue Jays pick, but I also think that it, like, I think the Sox are going to be a lot better than they were last year, but that's like such a deep, 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 uh, what do you call it? Um, division. division with like Tampa's the always sneaky, like really good. And they also get uh glass now back too. Yeah. Who's, who's just like, he looks, I don't know if you ever, this is a deep cut that no one's going to get, but I'll make it anyway. Um, I, uh, have you ever seen the, the three musketeers with like, like from like when we were, I don't know, not like, yeah, I guess when we were kids, like when we were like in second or third grade. Yeah. D'Artagnan. Okay. Yeah. It, he like Tyler glass now looks just like that, that King that like kind of effeminate <laughs> like Prince. I'll send you the link. It's good. It's a good <laughs> reference. guys. It's a good reference. Um, also made this thing. I kept, you know what the movie beaches is? beaches no fuck okay i if there's anyone out there that's older or a woman that's listening to this i embarrassed myself several times this weekend bringing up the movie beaches uh just too often it's a it's a it doesn't matter it's with bet midler's from the 80s it's like i don't know it's really bad i wish i hadn't referenced so many times anyway why would you expect me to know it if it was from the 80s and it was really bad it wasn't really bad. It was, I just said that cause I wanted to make myself sound cooler. Okay. Like oh, okay. it was, it was a good movie. Um, it's, it's where the wind beneath my wings from bed. We got to stop. We got to stop. Okay. Anyway, right. bottom line is this. Um, I, I think that like the Yankees, I didn't realize they got Josh Donaldson and they still have DJ LeMayhew and they have so much talent in that, in that lineup. Um, I'm going to go with the Astros though. Cause they, they are constantly like, they lost a couple of like key pieces, but they, I feel like they constantly reload and they get Verlander back. Yeah. Right. That's big. Uh, yeah. They did lose Correa, which is a big loss, but yeah. I'm going to say those two. 
Yeah. Yeah. Monster. So I'm going to say those, um, those two probably play the Yankees and Astros probably play in the, uh, what do you call it? ALCS. Um, in the ALCS. And I'm going to take the, um, Astros and the Mets. Wow. Even with the drama out till June, but you didn't know that cause you weren't up. Nope, you know what? I'll take the Braves <laughs> and the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. So this week, DeGrom was announced that he will best case scenario start by June. Scherzer was pulled or he was scratched from his uh, start in spring with hamstring problems. And then Taiwan Walker, who's like their four, uh, he had like off season, I think it was like knee surgery. And he was like pulled from his start after giving up six runs. And now it's like knee. He's like questionable to start the season. <laughs> so, Goodness. I did not know that at classic all. Classic Mets. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the Phillies, the Phillies have a fantastic lineup. It's just they feel one of the worst defenses probably in the MLB. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. But um, lastly, wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about the Masters. Then we obviously have the interview at the end. Yeah. Um, who are you taking? Obviously, the big news is Tiger's back. There's going to be so much money bet on Tiger that's irresponsible. Okay, first off, um, didn't my man like barely have a leg like six months ago? I thought he didn't have a back. No, he like shattered his leg completely when he got in that accident. Oh yeah, good point. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. People come back for stuff like that all the time. In the movie Beaches, Bette Midler's character. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think that like I. I mean, I'm I'm excited he's back. I don't I don't give a shit about the betting standpoint of it. I don't really get big into like betting on golf. I know a lot of people do, and it's supposed to be a lot of fun. Like every weekend, I hear about it from like my buddy Jeff and Aaron, but. Um, I just, I feel like it's a profitable sport. It's weird. It's like, right. You to me, like you can use out of any sport to use like the analytics that they come up with for golf. It's like, it's one that you can make money on the, the right. best. Um, I don't tend to ever win, but most people would be in that category. Okay. Um, I'm just happy he's back because the masters is the best event possibly one of the best events in all of sports every single year. It's 100%. so much fun. Um, I've never been. What do you still, think about the mass makes the masters like so good? The scenery like, compared to like the U S open or the open or whatever. Okay. So because first off, like aesthetically, it looks so much better than the British open, right. Or the open, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you talk about like, it's right around spring. People are genuinely or like generally happier around that time anyway, um, just right. because it's like, you know, the seasons, all that kind of stuff. And it comes at a great, great time of the year in sports, usually where you have opening day and all that kind of shit. But the other part of it, it's the same thing with football where it's like, you know, people, people like the U S open is a bigger event, but it's also traditionally very difficult. It's, it's always like, you know, they, they try to make it yeah. where it's like, no one's less than like two, three under that entire tournament. Nobody wants to watch that really. It's like, it's like watching like the home runs like that. People don't want to watch, you know, a defensive struggle or anything like that. Just like they don't want to watch people like, I don't know, saving par and, and like hitting like, like 22 foot putts to, to like, I don't know, save bogey and shit like that. So I'll say it's just like college football in terms of when you look at like the backdrop and the setting, it's so beautiful and like, like full of tradition and and it, it reminds you a lot of like anytime that cbs 
you know, and they fucking, they do such a good job with like every single intro song. I didn't even realize that whoever did that is just, he needs a raise, but like, and you have the Jim Nance thing, part of it. Like, I think that people kind of romanticize, I don't want to say old South because that's not the right word, but just like this traditional Southern, um, I don't know, like, that's that's what I'm looking for. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like a quaintness, but it's not. I mean, there's a lot of people there, but it still feels like very exclusive and I don't know. Yeah. But it, but it's also like, I think it's because at the same place every single year. None of the other, ma- other majors are like that. Right. And, it, and like, it, it's, it's also, it's kind of like the Rose Bowl in terms of like that, right? Like where it's right. like this incredible setting and it doesn't change every, every year. And it's, it's, it's in the same spot, but also it's the fact that like, it, I mean, like the U S open in tennis is in New York, right? Like right. why the fuck, like no, nobody in New York probably wants to fucking go to that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sure it sells out <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but it's like, I don't, like you have all of these things that are, it like like these events that are usually in bigger cities. This is in Augusta, Georgia. Right. It's off Washington. Augusta Road. is terrible outside of this place. I disagree with that. I like Augusta. It's hot. I've never been to Augusta. I've heard it is like not a great town outside of the actual course. In regards to what? Like not a lot to do. It's just like it's a very it's like the second biggest city in the state. I didn't. I didn't. I've just heard bad things. Okay, well, first off, yeah, you're not trying to Never go to like been fucking to go. <laughs> it's, um, I was, I was dropped off there uh, by a friend when I got kicked out of my my house with my dad, uh, so that was fun. But no, Washington Road, like it is, it's just like you said, the quaintness part of it. I think that is kind of cool because everyone, it's in this very. You, I tell you what, my stepdad is from there, and he told me this when I was young. When I asked like a similar question, and he said, "The thing about the Masters is, he goes, I'm I'm from Augusta, Georgia." You can go anywhere in the world and say you're from Atlanta, and, and most people have probably heard of it, right? New York, L.A., Chicago. But, like, you can go anywhere in the world and say you're from Augusta, Georgia, and almost everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. And it's more unique and interesting than New York and L.A. Because, like, right. you know, it, that's I, I think that part of it's really true. cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, are you making any bets on this? Or you said no. that no, you don't really. Probably typically. Justin Thomas, I guess. I don't know. All right, so that brings me to uh, something that you probably won't even know how to answer because you don't bet on golf. But what is the best value bet out of the SEC alumni here for for um, winning the tournament? Your boy JT is the favorite, uh, not for the tournament, but for out of the SEC folks at twelve to one. Mm-hmm. Russell Henley, you're gonna see a lot of Georgia here. Yeah. Russell Henley from Georgia, 35 to 1. Bubba Watson from Georgia, 65 to 1. Billy Horschel from Florida, 70 to 1. We'll throw Patrick Reed in there. He's, I don't think Georgia fans like to claim him, but he's 80 to 1. Kisner, 150 to 1. Georgia. Brian Harmer, Harmon, Georgia, 150 to 1. Seb Straka, Georgia, 250 to 1. He just won a tournament a couple weeks ago, so he's in the mix. And then Hudson Swafford, 400 to 1. Another Georgia. Where are so you really, buying all this? You everyone is from Georgia. This is from, uh, well, no free ads, but it was from one of the major books. Just send it to me, please. So if, are those, what the hell is this? Are those all of the um, the SEC ones for sure? That's not every single SEC player. Those are just some names. Okay, well, send me that regardless because I have to make a graphic for it. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I would say, I mean... I don't know, man. Because I haven't kept I haven't kept up with golf enough, like right now, to like to to know, like you know, I don't know. 
what's what from the SEC standpoint. I would say I would bet on Justin Thomas because he's been really good. What about a guy like Billy Horschel? I feel like he's done like decently well. I was going to say Horschel might be, I don't know how what his master's history is like, but it seems like he shows up in big events a lot. Um, I do, I do, I think this weekend DraftKings, although if this drops tomorrow, I'm going to be giving away one of my secrets in my DraftKings league that I'm in. But I might do it anyways. Russell Henley, 35 to 1. I like that pick. You like that? I think that's a good pick. I mean, JT, okay. obviously, I would pick him out of anyone to win, but he's the best odds. I don't know if that's the best value. Um, Bubba's won it before. A lot of times this course is very kind to uh, former winners. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bubba at 65-1, although, you know, he's not playing well. Um, but... I'm excited, man. It's it's the one tournament, I would say, even out of all the Masters, and I watch a lot of golf, where I, I feel like I have to tune into every single round yeah. all day. I agree with that. So, anyways. Uh, what about, well, you know, anyway. Um, I like that. We'll, we'll have to check in uh, after the weekend, obviously, and stuff like that, and then and go from there. But, yeah. Um, and then also, before we get into the interview, too, I uh, want to reiterate this be, because um, – you know, it's going into, we're still in the off season, obviously, it, it, but we're about to finally start getting some content with like the spring games, but make sure you're keeping up with everything. Like on the YouTube channel, Connor's got a bunch of videos up there um, that, that they've got, or that he's done and interviews and stuff like that. We've got some really good stuff there. And then um, we'll have some, some previews and stuff like that with some of the, the bigger teams coming up with Georgia and Bama that we'll both do on here and have uh, video components of it as well. So make sure y'all are checking that out. Absolutely. So do you want to preview our guests here before we get into it? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, uh, sadly we had an interview set up with, jo- uh, Joey Molinero, um, that something got lost in translation and this is going to shock you guys, but our podcast took the back seat, um, for like the 13th straight month, I'll say it, uh, to what else is going on. So, um, we did not get to have Joey on, which sucks. We had a whole thing set up where we were going to have, uh, Joey, Prank call Kristen Saban as Nick and see how that goes. I thought it'd be hilarious, but you know, sadly it did not work out. Um, we did get uh, an interview with, and I know you guys have been waiting on this forever, with former Ole Miss quarterback and Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson, um, which honestly, like he was a little bit quiet. Uh, it was a lot of fun interviewing him. If, if just for the the part alone, or he he kind of went over some of the stuff with Harbaugh. Like he was very soft spoken. Um, and and i actually did this uh without tyler i forgot why but it was with our new social media guy alex um and said who's a big michigan guy but he kind of goes into that whole thing it's like the video it's gone viral now we're at the start of that michigan penn state game where he they take a delay game on the very first snap remember that yeah yeah so that part um that was pretty interesting and he had a lot of interesting things to say about just you know, his recruitment being in the sec um, Hugh Freeze, uh, these stories about Harbaugh and all that kind of stuff. Had no idea how difficult difficult of a school Michigan was, by the way. Um, and then last but not least, uh, he he just got drafted number one overall um, as the first pick in the was it the USFL? So um, that's the name of it, right? But am I messing this up? I'm not messing this up. Not the USFL. It's a real thing. Okay, so he got drafted number one overall. So that was also fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, that that was the uh, the interview and. Um, you know, just fingers crossed, guys. We'll try to get we'll try to get more of these if we're allowed to have them. So uh, we appreciate your patience, and um, you know, leave a five star review or just a review in general, uh, and then maybe 
um, go, go follow the, uh, the YouTube channel so I can keep my job for another couple months. I appreciate it. And there you go. Gruntled. All right. We are joined now by a, a guy that's really seen a, a lot of stuff, a lot more than me. Uh, I went to Paris one time in seventh grade. That's about it. This man has, has traveled all over the place. Um, former, former Ole Miss and Michigan quarterback, Shea Patterson. Shea, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well, just enjoying this this Michigan weather up here right now. Oh yeah, it's beautiful this time of year. I heard. Oh yeah, it's freezing <laughs> and so snow in the last two weeks. What part of yeah? Where are you at right now? Besides, like the darkest I'm, I'm room I've ever seen in my life. This one, the one I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. I'm, I should probably turn. You want me to turn on another light? Uh, actually, actually, yeah, probably. Yeah. I should have said it beforehand, but it's not a big deal either way. Yeah. Um, but whatever, whatever makes you most comfortable, I just, I should have, I should have brought this up. This is, this is good. This is good podcasting now. No, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can, I'll go turn on this lamp. Okay, yeah, do that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Look how professional I am, Alex. You got to learn from me. <laughs> professional. We'll just kind of, we'll just start it back over. Is that better? That's perfect. All right. You're the man. Oh, there we go. No, so I mean, and we'll just we'll jump right back into it. So, by, by the way, this fucking beard, excuse my language. This is also we, our interview. We're interviewing for our podcast, Cultural Uncensored. So, I'm going to say some words that aren't usually said using radio. It's like this beard is fantastic. It looks great. Mine? Yeah. Yeah, I got the little, uh, little comb going too. I got the, the beard brush that I do every morning. So, it's Good for you. Lineup is fantastic, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, no, so what part of Michigan are you in? Because like, I've been to Detroit once. And we, we didn't even have a car and we had hubcaps stolen right off the bat. So it was like, it's just all I know about Michigan is pawn stars and that. And, and so like, what part are you in? Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm back in Ann Arbor. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, came back from Canada, uh, in December. Okay. And then um, started working for the football program a little bit. Nice. And, okay. uh, take, taking classes, finishing my degree. Good deal, man. So not Detroit, yeah, which is good. That's, I mean, that's like, not that's, Detroit, that's, yeah. okay. Um, no, that actually is a brace our first question, man, because you have such like an interesting uh, like background and, and you've traveled, like I said, so much. And I was telling Alex before this, like we're, we're kind of going through, I was like going through like Wikipedia. Cause I was like, I, I knew you into IMG. I knew you were a five-star recruit and you know, the Ole Miss and then Michigan, stuff like that. I did not realize you lived in Shreveport, which I am legally not allowed back in Shreveport because of something that happened in 2001. Um, but just kind of like going through your career. Yeah, you got to tell me. I, I don't think I'm allowed to. I'll tell you off air. Uh, yeah, it wasn't something I did. It was my dad, but this is a, it's a whole true story. Um, right, no, man. Uh, okay. Like, you know, just like going through like your, your career and stuff like that. Obviously, everyone has ups and downs. You just had so many cool experiences. I got to say, like, what is what has been like your the thing that stood out most to you? Somebody that was a five-star recruit, went to IMG, went to Ole Miss. I mean, like, you went to two of the best, like, well, Michigan's a better school than Ole Miss. No offense, Ole Miss fans. But, like, you got to experience two of the coolest programs, you know what I mean, in the, in the country. What, what stood out? What, what memory do you have that stands out most to you, I guess, in your career, for, in college? In college? Yeah. Um, I would say just the experience that I had at, in Oxford. Mm-hmm. At Ole Miss, I mean, there's and some of my my best friends that I met there, and who I still talk to every single day. So I think just the the relationships that I made there, right, really stood out to me. And I think as far as like playing days, the Texas A and M game was pretty pretty sweet. My freshman year, just dude, <laughs> playing on you know red shirt the whole year, and then 
Um, you know, Chad Kelly goes down and I'm yeah. kind of thrown right into the fire. And, you know, first, <laughs> I don't remember thinking about it, but the first uh, snap of that game went out like 15 feet over my head. Right. Um, I mean, the crowd was, was rocking and we were on the, the, the clap cadence. And I think Miles Garrett hit his, hit his thigh pad and the ball went over because our center thought I clapped. Yeah. Um, but no, that was just, that was a cool experience um, getting out there. Kyle Field, I remember watching highlights of Johnny Manziel uh, all year, all year right. on, on the bus rides, the games. And, you know, those highlights were always at Kyle Field. So let alone just that being my first game, that was that was a pretty cool experience. Real quick before Alex jumps in here, I told him, and I got I got to tell you this, just because like so like you, I don't know if you see my shirt, like I grew up a Bama fan, all that kind of stuff. I was honestly fucking terrified of you when you had that game because I, you got to think like I grew up a Bama fan, so I I watched Manziel for two years what he did against Bama, and then I had to watch Chad Kelly do it against Bama. Like the following year, I'm like Jesus Christ, this is another one. This is going to be a whole other thing, and like like <laughs> that game that game itself, watching it, it was just like. I'll just never forget the one you just zigzagging all over the place and still completing passes. It was, it was an incredible game, man. So just, I, I told him before he came on here, I was like, that is something I think that like SEC fans in general, I think still remember from, from a standpoint, even if your time in like Oxford was short, it was like, it's one of those games that stand out. Cause like the, the, you know, the, the numbers you put up in that game were just incredible. And it was, it was, uh, I forgot about the fact you even played against Miles Garrett. The fact you made it out alive is still, that's also a great thing. That guy's a, that guy's a, a, a monster. Yeah, he's a great guy. He could have uh, taken my head off about 17 times that game, but chose not to. Again, <laughs> anyway. ankle that game too. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Um, yeah, so the next question I want to ask was, well, Chris obviously grew up a Bama fan. I actually grew up a Michigan fan, so I'm pretty yeah, familiar with blue. you. And, you know, go blue. <laughs> obviously going through the years. But Big Ten and SEC, obviously you played in both of them. And we kind of go back and forth on this a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe every day, which conference, you know, has the edge and everybody obviously says SEC, but um, what do you think? What's the, what's the main difference between the two conferences, like atmospheres, speed, competition, everything, academics. Man. <laughs> academics. So the academics is at Michigan is uh, probably, probably night and day from a lot of, a lot of the SEC schools. Yeah. Um, not throwing any jazz or anything. It's just no, no, hard to go to school man. in Michigan and, and have to, you know, the day-to-day football life as well um, on top of it. But I got asked that question a lot. And obviously, you know, from a, you know, outsider's perspective or, um, you know, someone who, who uh, you know, is just watching from the stands, it's, you'd say SEC all day. And, uh, you know, in my mind, like the day-to-day or the week-to-week grind is kind of like similar to the NFL. Like you got to go out and play Auburn. You got to go out and play Alabama. You got to go out and play, you know, Texas A&M the next week, LSU, all those schools. And, uh, but, it, but then again, you know, it just kind of varies too. Cause you know, from year to year, like one, one year, Ohio state will be ridiculous. Penn state will be ridiculous. Uh, you know, Michigan state will have a good year and Michigan will be good. So, um, you know, I'd say the, the speed is a, little, is a little different in the SEC and maybe the physicality. Um, but, you know, just as a player, I think it's, it's kind of all relative. Um, just because I know my, my two years at, at Michigan, Ohio State was freaking good and it felt like we were playing Bama. Right. Um, 
you know, Penn State was really good. Um, so I, I think it just depends on the year, honestly. Yeah. Um, well, and you, you also yeah, I don't like, know if, if you if, if you feel what I'm kind of trying to say. But. No, I think the programs you bring up too are are built a lot in the same way. And talk about like the recruiting and stuff like that. And you brought like the speed and like mm-hmm. like we saw what Georgia did this weekend in the combine, but at the same time, it's like you said, it is relative. Like there's, there's athletes everywhere. Right. Like, I mean, Ohio state right. has the most players in the NFL and for since like 2000 or something like that. Right. And, and I don't mean to bring up Ohio state because right. I hate them too. I will say that. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's like, you know, a, a clip that comes up a lot and this is not a, de- this has nothing to do with you. It's not a detriment or anything or, or says anything about your talent level. I've seen it a thousand times though. That, that atmosphere at Penn state, Penn State. The yep. first snap of that game, right? Just kind of, can you just like take us through that in terms of the fact that like, I don't think people understand how loud something like that is of 110,000 and you have a one hit wonder Mo Bamba playing. Like, I mean, that song yeah. and him as a, as a basketball player. Um, just, I mean, it, just blaring in the background. Like take us through that whole, whole experience, man. First of all, playing at that stadium was, was awesome. Those fans were great. Um, yeah. You know, you'd think they'd be, you know, ruthless, like, playing at LSU or anything but after the game they were all you know while I was walking off the field they all kind of said hey good game or whatever right but yeah that that snap was uh the first play I remember coach Harbaugh said uh during the game he came out and pointed the the play clock to me I said okay he's like you know it's gonna be hard to see a little bit while you're out there so just make sure you know you have your eye on it we ran out there with like 18 seconds left in in the play clock you know, we, didn't, we didn't even have the play until 18 seconds. So I get out there and it's like like 12, 11. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, where the hell is the play clock? Right. It's white. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like in the middle of a yeah, whiteout. It's like white. Yeah. White, like white, white, white numbers. Right. Obviously, Things there's like a black outlining, but still, there's no excuse, though. You can't, you can't have that, that as a. The hell of a song, a though, guy. right? Gotta, I mean, you know. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I'll take that one. I'll take that. I'll take that on a chin. But play clock was white. Yeah. No, that's kind of that's fucked stupid. up, man. That's like I like, I mean, like, and you hear about the stories too, where it's like, you know, Iowa has like the pink uh visitors locker room or whatever, and in like some of those places. I didn't realize that they they did that. That's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think that and Texas A were probably the two coolest really atmospheres that I played in. Yeah. That's a good one. Nice. Alex, so go you ahead. Kinda, man. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned something about what I'm going to go into next, but uh, I've seen a lot of interviews where people are like former Michigan players are like, what's your best Harbaugh moment? What's one moment that sticks out? And I'll hear the the funniest responses, obviously like you have Quinn Nordine, obviously he slept in his house. That's the one that everybody knows about, but do you have a one or a few Harbaugh moments that just show who Harbaugh is as a person? Cause he's obviously very unique and different. Alex, that was my question. That's unbelievable. Is it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's good. Okay. No, I get asked that all the time. Um, I really don't have like a moment. I have like a, there is a moment on the field, but just as far as like, as a person, as a coach, um, you know, he's just one of those guys where like you hear all these crazy stories and about how, you know, different he is, but, you know, once you're around him on a a day-to-day basis and just, you know, you, you actually put in the time, you know, to go into his office and get to know the guy and, He's honestly, obviously he was my head coach, but he's just so much more of like a, almost like a mentor, like a father figure now. Um, you know, he's he's definitely a player's coach and someone I really, really enjoyed playing for. Um, but, 
I think that my favorite uh, moment was just him catching for us before every game. I thought that was a little odd at first, but it's, you know, he's out there with, with gloves on. (laughs) Those are all, he's got all the, all the quarterbacks throwing full speed at his freaking face. He's just snagging all of them. So that was pretty cool before, before games. But, um, I remember one, 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 uh, one game, uh, I think it was against Wisconsin my senior year. It was like the second or second or third play of the game where I scrambled out and hit Ronnie Bell. He went down the sideline. And for some odd reason, I like turned around and like looked at him in the face and he kind of just smiled like mid play. And I smiled and I ran after Ronnie. And we, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like, I'm sure I've, funny. I've never, I really brought it up to him, but I'm sure he remembers that. Yeah, I never I, had a moment like that with any of my coaches. I'll just say that. Yeah. We, we they were rarely smiling at me. You were a lot better of a player than I was, uh, even though I played baseball, but I mean, yeah, we never, most of them were just like yelling at me. So that's, that's a good, that's a good memory to have. Um, no, the question I was going to ask was, was this and like pretty similar. And then, and then I want to get into the USFL stuff before we get, get you out of here. But, um, I mean, you, you did play for two of the most polarizing people in college football, especially over the last decade with, with Harbaugh and Hugh Freeze. And just, I mean, I know, especially as somebody that like had Alex's job before uh, and running they're working in social media, it's, there's so much low hanging fruit to say about these guys, but we don't get to be around them every day, like you said. And so just with, with either of those guys, what's just something like a feel good story or just in general, like a positive that we don't know, like, you know what I mean? That we don't get to see behind the scenes like that, but just like something we don't know about those coaches that, you know, kind of puts them in like an, uh, I don't want to say a better light because it's not like they're in a bad light, but it's just one of those things. Like those are two guys that are two of the most, like I said, polarizing people in, in the sport. So um, just, you know, tell us a story about that, that we wouldn't know. I don't know if you, yeah, you got a few of them. Um, story you wouldn't know. Uh, Nothing about recruiting and Hugh Freeze. We don't need to go there. <laughs> Uh, now the uh cool story about i mean it's not really a story it's just kind of thing that kind of went back to the texas a&m game where i made the decision to pull my red shirt he kind of brought me up i think it was the week yeah it was the practice right after the georgia southern game right before the texas a&m game coach freeze called me up into his office and i'd never seen him with a cane he had like a he's it was almost like I was walking into like a, like a mob meeting or something. He had a cane and like a, like a weird door hat on that he, that he never wore. Did he really? And uh, yeah, he's like, look, I think I'm going to let you, let you play, let you go next week. You know, I'm going to sleep on it. And, uh, but I think you give us the best chance to win. And it was just like a weird, it was, it was just weird, but. Um, How was he wearing the hat? Is like a Willy Wonka moment? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of yeah. That's kind of it. Coach Freeze. Another thing I liked with him, regardless of what happened or what people think happened mm-hmm. with him, and the best thing about him was that he he would open every meeting with a kind of like a Bible study, um, you know, and just talk about his faith for ten fifteen minutes, and I'd learn something new every single day, and I'd carry yeah. that with me. And, it would help me um, in my day-to-day life at Ole Miss. So that was, that was really nice with him. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't get over the fedora. I just like that, that thing that <laughs> that's just, I'm like still stuck on that. But that, I mean, that's a, that's a funny, because I thought, I thought you were going, 
into like, and then he, I honestly thought, and maybe it's just because I'm on social media too much. I just thought it was gonna be like a Willy Wonka, like roll, like I'm fine. And then everything was good. But no, it's just, that's, that's hilarious, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, just before we get into the rapid fire questions here, we have play two minute drill. Um, I mean, you had a big week uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, like, you, I mean, number one overall pick in the USFL, man, a whole new experience to get to go into. I know, like I said, off air, like, you know, we're a college football um, podcast primarily, and, and our company covers uh, college football. But man, like cool opportunity. I think football fans in general are excited to have football always. Um, and USFL is something that there's a, they've put a lot of resources into it, man. And it seems like it's going to be something that will be success. Like just take us through what that was like being picked number one overall. Um, and then also just, uh, you know, what you're doing to get ready for the process of it all. Yeah, it is. It was very exciting. Um, just the past two years have been pretty crazy. Probably the yeah. most challenging, uh, years of my life as far as football goes. Uh, right. so been through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of outside stuff to go through other than, you know, your football, but, um, yeah, so I just, uh, you know, I went from signing with the Chiefs in the, in the virtual offseason and right after, the, like a month after the draft, which I was kind of expecting to go somewhere right. and, uh, you know, never made it to Kansas City. Didn't get a chance to get on the practice field and kind of display what I had. Uh, so I was just with them for the for the virtual meetings. Um, then right after that, I, I worked out for the, for the Ravens. And right after that, I, I played in the Spring League, which is uh, – uh, I think the USFL and the and the spring layer kind of tied together as far right. as uh, the organization goes. And then after that, I was expecting to, you know, get picked up somehow. Uh, fast forward, you know, another couple months, I work out for the Houston Texans. And I think it was right around the same time, uh, safety for a really good safety um, was, was working out that same week. I forget his name. Um, and we quarantined for six days in Houston. And then on the sixth day, Bill O'Brien gets fired. So I didn't get to work out there. Um, and then after that, you know, I did everything I could to just, you know, hey, get a look, get a workout somehow. And then um, ended up deciding to, I didn't really decide. I did what I kind of had to do and go up to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was that was a cool experience. Got to meet a lot of cool people and, and kind of learn that game a little bit. And um, just decided to... Uh, kind of explore opportunities down here, came back to Michigan and started working, working for the football program a little bit and, and, and uh, just thought I would be productive and, and uh, finish my degree. And the next thing you know, the, you know, the USFL kind of calls a little bit and stuff there kind of heated up a little bit. And then um, I, I honestly had no idea that there was even a, a draft for the thing until like the week before it. And I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't talk to, any coaches, um, any of the, the personnel side. So they just said, show up in Birmingham. Um, and it's uh, never a good sign. Yeah. Just, like, just yeah. ever. Yeah. So I wasn't really, didn't really know what to expect. So I got there. It was a really cool venue. Um, pretty professional and, um, ended up getting, you know, taken first Michigan had to, I was in Michigan had the first pick. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as I was walking on stage, that was actually the first time I talked to coach Fisher too. Oh really? So, yeah. So got you know, just excited for the for the next opportunity, man. I love the game of football, and you know, I plan on playing it for for a long time. You know, regardless of you know what's happening, I'm 
stuff along my journey. I'm just, just keeping it going. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I, I don't think people understand too. Like I, like it's something I didn't understand until I even got into the business of like covering it. It's like so much little shit happens in, in like in our worlds in general. Right. But like in the world of football, especially that like, there's so much that goes into what's considered like a success of something. And talk, like, I mean, like I had no idea about the, the being quarantined for six days. And then like, I mean, yeah. the luck of that happening is that sucks. I mean, that's because it's just outrageously like coincidental and, and, and stuff. Like, and so it's just, there's so much that goes into it nowadays, like with like from being like coordinators and, and who you, who you were positioned around and stuff like that. But, but man, we're, we're, we're pulling for you. It's a, uh, it's, you're, you're a great guy. And, and obviously you got a lot of talents like that, just, just endless amounts. And so, um, Really hope nothing the best for you. We, before we get you out of here, we got to do a rapid fire game we call here two minute drill, which is just super quick questions. Alex, do you have if you have any, you you interrupt me too. This is um, Alex okay. has been he's been in his workout room for like the last two hours. Like he's like he's kind of intimidating me right now. Um, and he's, he's we just hired him here, so like um, no, but so like we've we've done this where I haven't done it with Alex, but um, like I said, we'll put two minutes on the clock and we'll just do ten questions. We'll have a score for you at the end. Are you ready to go? What are they, I mean, are they just crazy questions? Are they like, is there a to- like a topic or are you just kind of... No, just, I mean, we're going to talk about Kanye and, and Pete Davidson. So, you know, for, you know, we'll just get started. First question, kill, Mary, screw. Yep. Kanye, Pete, Kim Kardashian. Go ahead. <laughs> kill. Oh, shit. That's tough. I mean... I know. I mean, you know the answer. I, you know the answer. It's screw. I mean, how am I, I going to screw... You know, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, you got to we'll, we'll pick to marry between Kanye and Pete. That's the tough one. I'd marry Pete. Okay. Right. Ah, you can't say that a lot. I got you, though. I, 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 I'd kill Pete. I'd marry Kanye. And I'd, you know, probably do the other thing with uh, Kim. I got you. That's good. That's good. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get away from um, that uh, fornication <laughs> stuff. Well, uh, what's your go to Chick fil A order? <laughs> Uh, just a number one, uh, two number ones, just a, just a sandwich, no fries, pickles, and American cheese. Ooh, I put the cheese on. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. No fries? Chick- can't forget, can't, no fries. Can't forget the Chick-fil-A sauce, too. That's fair. Yeah. You're in better shape than that makes sense the fries. Um, okay. Next question. Right, I got one. I got Go one. You. Yeah. Jordan or LeBron? Ooh, God. Uh, Jordan. Okay. okay. He knows fair. what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, favorite show to binge watch? I know you don't have a lot of downtime, but like I'm a big Office guy. So, what's what's your favorite show? Like your go to show just to have either background noise or to binge watch on Netflix? I oh, love love The Office. Um, watched a, I'm a big big TV show guy. Okay. Um, I recently binge watched all five seasons of the Peaky Blinders. Um, I haven't seen that yet. I heard nothing but good things. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Okay, but if you were a character on The Office, who would you be? Uh. What's the uh, probably Steve Steve Carell? Steve Carell. I was gonna say Toby. You're more of a Toby guy, and uh, no, I'm, Toby. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so I'm a thousand percent kidding. Um, okay, bucket list concert. And and before you answer, I just want you to know if it's something you think that is going to upset people, don't say it out loud. Because recently, Kirk Herbstreit did this with us, and he said Luke Bryan, and I I wanted to die inside. And honestly, part of me did when he's so. Don't, yeah, just don't give like, me that answer. Know. That's kind of just like a, you know, you know, weekend in Nashville, you know, you have, yeah. it's like a regular thing. It's not like a bucket list type thing. Yeah. Probably. I don't, where's Coachella? I've never been to Coachella. Oh, California. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's good. I mean, that's yeah. smart. You get all of them in one too. Okay. I like that. I mean, I'm not a big, big concert guy, but. That's fair. I mean, Coachella's, I, mean, I haven't been, I've been to Bonnaroo, but it's basically the same thing. Um, okay. Uh, follow up to that. Let's see here. Um, let me think. So it, I know that you had to spend all of your Saturdays playing the game of football and you're going to spend many more on the weekends playing up here, uh, coming up here soon. But if you were to be tailgating, what would be your go-to drink of choice at the tailgate? <laughs> start with the, I mean, I'll probably start with a few bourbon and bourbon and uh, gingers and uh, probably finish with, you know, Probably a lot of Miller Lights. I guess that would. Yeah, I love the transition built there in. That's go. good. That's smart. <laughs> um, okay, we got, we got two more for you here. Favorite stadium you played in that was not the Big House, uh, and I know we already alluded a little bit to to Beaver Stadium, but what was your favorite one? Uh, this is going to sound weird, and probably you probably won't. Uh, you probably won't like it. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Field's probably the most exciting, but my favorite was uh, was Northwestern. Really? Yeah, it's like a it's you know it's a smaller stadium. It feels like it's like kind of like a you know neighborhood type feeling. Okay, it's almost like you're you know, no disrespect to Northwestern, but it's almost like you're at like a, a really packed high school game. So it brought I back it. you know those Friday night lights feelings and um, yeah, just, I heard there um, was an interesting ball there on Caron Higdon. What's that? I heard there was an interesting oh, yeah. call there. <laughs> little phantom hold call. You got tackled. Yeah, you got tackled. Yeah. We were also down 17 to nothing during that game. I think that's what we came back and won. So that's, that kind of helped that's the case. That's, I like that answer, though. That's fine. Um, that's good, man. We appreciate the time. I'm going to add up this, this score real quick. We have uh, I carry the two. That is a score of 69 points. That is a new career high for us here, Shay. That's fantastic. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. Dude, um, listen, tell, tell everyone out there where they could like follow along with you and, and, and keep up with the journey because, you know, it's, we got a lot of, we still got a lot of fans out here bring you up uh, just more often than not, man. We're all pulling for you. So um, we, we wish you nothing but the best. Let, them, let everyone know where they can find you and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. 